If, if you're ready, we're going to jump in and we're in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11 this morning and verse 28 to 30, very well-known passage. And, um, but before we get there, I'm going to make some comments because as I just mentioned a moment ago, as we're moving into the season, but I would have to just backtrack a little bit and say that there is this, this, this issue, this problem that has been around with humanity and especially in our culture, our world, and especially here in the Northeast too. And it's, it's, we're so busy and fast and a lot going on. And you know, the truth is that we are so overloaded. A lot of you don't want to admit that. And that's a coping thing. No, I'm fine. And you just take on more because that's going to somehow solve it. I'm getting ahead of myself, right? I'm not here to remind you of that, but I sort of am because there's a solution to that. But we're so overloaded in our mind in our spirit, in our emotions, in our schedules, and it's all converges. And then we end up being like just this ball of rubber bands, and it's just crazy, right? And when one thing doesn't go the right way, it's like you pull the wrong rubber band out, and we just, right? Seriously, right? I've seen it personally with some of you here, not to mention my own life, but I've seen it. And we're overloaded, right? So how do we respond to all that, right? You respond to all the overload in your life with exercise, right? I need a, I need a, a mental vacation, a mental, I don't even know what they call a mental break day, whatever. We take time off, right? That's, that's fine. That's good. We go hunt. No, Dave, we don't, we don't, we don't go hunting, right? We hunt, we, or any other hobby you have, we, we turn to that and we think like, if we just take that time out and do something, well, we, we filled our schedule, right? And we're doing something else. And, and the reality is that while we're overloaded with all this stuff, we're still tired even when we do all those things. Right? How many of you, be honest, you've gone on vacation, you came back more tired? I, I, I've, I've done that. We've all experienced that. And we're still tired. So then we find other ways. We'll watch more TV and just veg out. So we relax. We eat too much, right? Because we're going to comfort ourselves and feel good and take our mind off everything that's going on. You might even take a pill to, to jack you up, right? Or, or to settle you down, right? I don't know. And I don't criticize that. I'm just telling you what we do. We do. And some of you might consume alcohol a little too much or you take an illegal drug or you find other things because you're overloaded and these are all band-aids because the reality is that jesus's words that we're going to examine in a minute are not talking and it's not addressing specifically and necessarily fundamentally and, and, and at the core all these things that are just symptoms in our lives that we are missing rest in our souls because we haven't unburdened our souls. There's no rest when there's burdens, right? None of these things can give you soul rest, even though some of them are good and they have their place in our lives. So what do we do? What do we do then? It's simple, really, when you think about it. Jesus says, come to Him. He says, come to Him. He says, Take his yoke. He says, learn from him and find rest for your souls. 
from Jesus. Not from binge-watching that sitcom that you love so much and that only works so long and you turn it off and you're still burdened inside. We can't buy it. There's no pill that provides it. Rest for our souls can only be found through our faith, through our relationship with Jesus and God our Creator. There's no other way. There's no other way. Because we were created by God, right, to be in a loving relationship with Him, and God actually, and St. Augustine said something, whether, you know, some of his theology, this and that, we, we, whatever. But he said something that I think rings true, that God created our souls to be restless until they find their rest in God. It's the only place we find it. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Now, the context, a little bit. The first few verses before, starting in verse, I believe it's 25. And I have my Bible here, so I should open it so I don't misspeak. Right? But, but in, verses, in verse 25, it sets the context a little bit here before Jesus says these words that we are so familiar with. Yes, in verse 25. And verse 26 and 27. Let me just sum this up for you very simply, and I'll take my liberty those three verses before this famous and, and these words of Jesus that we love and it like soothes us when we hear what Jesus says. Come unto me, right? When he says those words. But these three verses before that set everything up. Because those three verses are really, if I could say this, are like John 14.6. In John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he says something. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? And Jesus actually, if you read that, I'm not going to spend time on that because that's a whole sermon in itself and I'm not going there today, but he's talking in those three verses. He's the one that knows God and he's with God and he is the one that God has allowed to reveal who God is. Exclusively Jesus reveals who God the Father is. And he did it in the flesh on earth. Right? And then he chooses and he knows and he's going to call people and he has a plan. He knows who's going to be his and he's working and he's doing the will of the Father. And it's amazing how he's involved in that redemption plan and that saving plan of God. And so he says, after he kind of, in those three verses, mentions that I am the way and I'm the one who can reveal to you who God is, he says, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. Listen, it is only when we, when you and I, when, when, when we realize that our souls are restless, yes, even as a Christian, your soul can be restless. We'll get to that later on. You can be restless. That we find, when we realize that and we acknowledge that, then we can accept that invitation that Jesus makes to come. To come to Him and to receive and to have that burden lifted, right? So the first step to find this rest is to realize how weary and burdened we really are. There's a lot of you here this morning who are weary and you're really burdened. You are. 
I can feel it. I can see it. I've talked to you. You're weary and you're burdened. It's okay. Not okay to stay there, but it's, it's okay. We, that's, that's part of the journey. We, we experience these things, but you're weary and you're burdened. And that is exactly who, for you and for me, this invitation from Jesus is for today. Come. Come. For all of us who have grown weary, come. For all of us who are carrying these heavy burdens, come. For all of us who long for that true rest for our souls, come to me, Jesus says. All you that are weary and you're carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Notice how Christ in our scripture here portrays the burdens of life. Right? The things that we experience. Because he refers to that, the burdensome work that we have, right? He says, come to me, all of you who... He says, oh, I'm sorry. Verse 27. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you less. Weary and heavy laden. Two different words there that he uses. And he he talks here about this work that we do. When you're working at something, when you're toiling at something, you get worn out. You get tired. Right? And it produces, you lose strength. There might even be pain and soreness right in your muscles. And when, when Bob is doing leaves for eight hours in his yard, he feels it afterwards, right? He's working hard, right? We, we all do that physically, but also spiritually, it's the same thing. And there's this repetitious effort on our behalf to always try because we're worrying and we're thinking about how we're going to unload the burden we have in our lives or the burdens, the overloads we have in our lives. You know what? You're working hard and you're getting weary and you're tired. You know what it speaks of? It speaks of those who are tired of the labor. I'm going to clarify what that's all about in a minute. But it also speaks to those who are travailing in that labor. And you're just you're grinding it out and you're going and you're pushing through it. And you, you can't, even, can't even groan. You're just not even grunting. You're just pushing through. And it's, you're making all the effort and then you're exhausted because of that effort and it keeps going back over and over again. Here's what it comes down to, in a nutshell. For those of you who are trying to work your way into heaven, listen to what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 2.16. Because that's work, and it's work that's really, really tiring. Because you'll never be able to work enough to get there, and you'll be exhausted, and you'll feel the pain, and it'll be, you, you'll be really weary, Right? Paul said in Galatians 2.16, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. Note, he never said, don't obey the law. He just said that you will not be made right with Jesus, or God, I should say, by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. We know the scripture. The Bible says that we've all fallen short, right? We've fallen short. We'll never get there. Listen, the heaviest burden you could carry is sin. Tell me, is there a heavier burden that you could carry? And, 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 and the, 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 the weight that comes upon you because of that, is there? There isn't. The psalmist says in Psalm 38, verse 4, he writes, My iniquities are gone over my head. 
In other words, the sins are so much, and there, there, there's so many of them, it's, he's drowning in them. Right? There are so many of them. And he says also, and he finishes, and he says, as a heavy burden, they weigh too much for me. In other words, he can't carry it. He can't handle it. He's getting crushed by it. He can't even move forward because of that weight, of the burden of the sin, the iniquities of violating God's command and, and everything that God designed him to be. And he's opposing and rebelling and going against that. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 4, as many other scriptures throughout the Bible, but Isaiah chapter 1, verse 4, God talks about the nation of Israel and He talks about their iniquities and their sins. The same thing, being a heavy burden. It is so heavy, it weighs them down. Causes you to be frozen. It causes you to not function the way God designed you to. It is heavy. It's wearying. It's exhausting. And the effort that's involved by trying to keep the law, by trying to do the right thing all the time. And it's like you're spinning your wheels and you're wearing yourself out. But also notice that, listen, let me just say this. If you are repeatedly in your life, even as a Christian, maybe you're not a Christian, but if you are repeatedly trying Instead of trusting, you got to come to Jesus. And he says, come, come. Some of you are trying so hard, but you've never trusted Jesus. But he also refers here to the, the burdensome weight, not just the work that's involved, but as I mentioned a second ago, there's this weight that comes with it. And it's that those religious expectations of work. I do more, I do more. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get there. I'm going to earn it. And it's exhausting, and you're heavy laden. It's on there. And in the Greek word, there's this word that means it's to load up something carried on an animal or a load that's on a ship or a vessel, right? Picture of an overloaded beast. You know, you put way too much baggage, way too much stuff to carry on the back of that donkey, right? And it cannot handle it, and it's just stopped. It can't move forward. Or you've got that overloaded boat, and it's getting it's going down. And if you keep doing that, what happens? It's going to take on water. Right? Some of you feel like that. In fact, some of you might be there. That you've tried so hard, but now you're beyond that. Now you're, you're feeling the weight. You, you're, you're weary because you tried so hard, but now you're feeling the weight of your sin and all the shortcomings of all the efforts that you make. They can't measure up to be right with God. And, and you're working harder and you're getting overloaded and down. And you know what your solution is? All the things I mentioned at the beginning of the message early on. All those activities, you add them on and you think that it will help you and yet you're piling on more. The Pharisees had laid many burdens on the people. There is a context here too when Jesus is preaching and teaching because we, we want to try so hard and there's these burdensome requirements of the Mosaic Law and they were being taken advantage of, the, the Mosaic Law, by the Pharisees, those who knew. Of course, the burden they felt was that they were required by God to put more burdens on people. Shame on them. Shame on us if we do that. Stop it. Knock it off. I'm talking to myself. We don't, we, don't, we don't have the right to do that. If we're doing that, we're working contrary to Jesus, not with Jesus. And the Pharisees, and, 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 and they lay these burdens on the people, and their religion did not give rest and peace. Man, they were tired. P 
people were worn out. Because no human religion can give peace to the heart and bring lightness there. Jesus said about this, about the religious experts, the Pharisees, in Matthew chapter 23 and 4, he said a lot throughout Matthew's gospel. But I'll tell you what he said here. He said, they tie up heavy loads and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. I'm going to keep piling on you. You're not good. You got to keep doing this. Oh, you did that. You got to do this now. You did that. You got to do this now. That's still not enough. You got to do this. Let me add a law. This is what God's law says, but let me add to that. Let me tell you what it is. That's where legalism comes in. And you don't measure up to God unless you do this. And who said it? Well, I did. No. No, you're going to cause that boat to take on water, that life to take on water and go down low. And the weariness and the heaviness, don't be a part of that. And that's what the Pharisees were. Let me just say this. If your religious experience, I don't like to use that word, but, but it is. If, how we worship, our spirituality. If our religious experience, if it produces worry and not worship, then you got to come to Jesus. Does that make sense? I mean, I think it's crystal clear. And Jesus says, note, note what Jesus says in verse 29, right? Because there's this weariness and then there's this weight. And they go together. But Jesus says in verse 29, if you're going through, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Take his yoke. But how does this happen? That I would take his yoke upon me. What happens when we come to Jesus? When we accept his invitation and we go there by faith with that trust, what what happens? How do we do this? Well, he says that we take his yoke upon us. We are to take his yoke upon us. We slide in with him in that yoke. A yoke that is easy right? Now, when we say that it is easy, it's not that it's easy because a yoke is always, you're tied to something. There's, there's work involved. And I'm using that word, but in a good way, right? Where it's purposeful, where it's beneficial, where it's good for your soul, where it's good for your destiny. And you're working this way. It's a burden that is light. And paradoxically, big word for you, right? We find rest for our souls by taking up his yoke. How is this possible? Remember what a yoke is. It's not the yellow part in an egg, by the way. Right? It's not that. A yoke is a wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or the cart that they are to pull. You you know what I'm talking about. A lot of you are familiar with that, right? And it's that wooden cross piece helps the two animals to pull together. Key word. To pull together. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. When we come to Jesus and learn from him, we become yoked to him. He pulls with us. Jesus doesn't take away whatever we are pulling, but we no longer have to pull it alone. Hallelujah. Jesus pulls our burden with us. He pulls that overloaded everything in our life with us. And he goes on to say that his yoke is easy which in this case means it's really well-fitting, it's good, it's appropriate, it's beneficial to you. His yoke is well-fitting.
fitting. William Barclay is a commentator. He's a theologian from last century. I mean, he's, he's been around, he was around for, long, for a long time. He's written many books, but very, very insightful. And he says, in Palestine, ox yokes were made of wood. The ox was brought and the measurements were taken. The yoke was then roughed out and the ox was brought back to have the yoke tried on. The yoke was carefully adjusted so that it would fit well and not fall, not gall, I should say, the neck of the patient beast. I wonder how patient they were. The yoke was tailor-made to fit the ox. You know what I can think of? I'm way past it. Maybe, I don't know, but in my culture and the way it was, some of you wish maybe it was like this, but I remember having to go to church, and even when I was 12, 13, 14 years old, and I'm not making this up, we, we wore, I was a kid, and I wore a suit to church every Sunday. Nothing wrong with it. I think it's something special, actually, in many ways, right? But it was almost crazy, because my parents were buying us a few suits every, you know, or a couple suits every year, because we wear them all the time, even as kids, and you're outgrowing them and whatever. We'd be all dressed up, and there's something beautiful about that, and reverential about that, and respectful, for sure, right? But I remember, even as a teenager, and I remember going to the tailor shop when I, when I bought my own suits now, you know, and I, I was driving, and I'm working, and I'd go in there, and they would mark everything up, they'd measure it up, they'd take, you'd come back a week later, you had to go in for a fitting. And man, you would we'd use that expression, man, that fits like a glove. Oh man, it just, on the shoulders, the length is perfect. I could tell you all the rules about it. I don't follow them anymore, <laughs> right? The length of where it's supposed to be, where your cuff should be, everything. How it fit around your, just from your back, under your arms, to in terms of your chest. I mean, just so it's, because you can always tell a suit that's tailored and not. I have many untailored suits now because I'm cheap. <laughs> it takes work. It takes time. You have to be measured and fitted. Listen, God knows who you are. When you come to Him, He checks you out and He fashions that yoke. Come into there. He's made it just for you so it fits you just right. You slide in there. It's your yoke that you get into. That it's, it's His, but it's for you specifically. And He invites you to take that yoke upon you so it fits perfectly so you can work together with him so think about that the yoke that jesus offers is tailor-made for us which means that it is not then a burden for us to live as christ wants us to live he's helping us he's guiding us right he's by our side he doesn't want it to be a burden and he wants to be yoked with us and that is a gift let me tell you that's a gift because doing it alone is hard but let me just Backtrack a little bit on what I said. Because you never actually go it alone. You are actually always yoked to someone or something. In fact, the picture is in Scripture that all of us before Christ are yoked to sin. We are slaves to sin. We are fitted because of our nature and because of the fall, because of original sin. We are tied in with the yoke to sin and we do whatever our master Satan and sin tells us to do that's what we do. He steers us. He tells us where to go. But Jesus, come to me. He says, come to me. Take my yoke upon you. That yoke of slavery to sin is tough. It's hard. It is tiring. It's exhausting. It creates worry and fear and anxiety and everything else because that's what sin does. That's how it manifests in our lives. And so his, his, his yoke fits well. His burden is light. And we take up this yoke, tailor-made for us, we begin to find rest for our souls. 
Why? Jesus says, I want you to take my yoke upon you. Why does he use that symbol, that imagery, that picture of the yoke? Because first of all, a yoke is a symbol of partnership. Right? We use the word together. There are two of you working on it and not just one. Jesus says, I will help you with your problems and most importantly, with your sin problem. I took care of it already and I can help you with it now. I will help carry your load when temptation comes, when struggles come, when difficult people come, when circumstances are hard. I will help carry your load. He doesn't add to your load. He does not do that. He says, I'll share your load. He doesn't have a load. He's God. He doesn't have a load. He says, I will share your load. Stick with me. Go shoulder to shoulder with me. Work with me and I will be your partner and I will carry a part of your load. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because we're sharing it. Psalm 55, 22 says, and Peter actually echoes this in his letter. He says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. Just give it to him. And he'll take you through because he's with you. Listen, God has a stronger back than you do. You You can put everything and anything on God's back. He'll carry it when you can't. His back is way stronger. If you are overloaded, if you're overstressed, if you're burdened down this morning, it's because you're not yoked to Christ this very moment. Doesn't mean you won't have difficulties. Doesn't mean things are going to be hard or bumpy. But they won't be burdensome. They'll be hard, but they won't be burdensome weighing you down. Because you'll be in that yoke. Every time, admittedly, every time that I get detached from Jesus Christ, my stress level goes up. Every time I get reattached and I connect and I abide right with Christ, my stress level goes down. Now, I'm not in it because I want to manage my stress. But it's just the natural outcome of being yoked with Jesus Christ. That's not my motivation. And so the yoke is a symbol of partnership, but the yoke is also a symbol of control. Ooh, now we're talking. When oxen and where oxen are yoked together, they're controlled by the master. When you are under the yoke of Christ, you are controlled by God. That's who you're controlled by. You have given up control. Now, that's the most scary thing for anyone to do is to give up control, isn't it? Yes. Hello. Yes. We want to be in control. That's the scariest thing to give up. But we have to give that up. And when you are under the yoke of Christ, you are controlled by God. You, the load is lighter, but you have given up control. Is it worth it? Yes. Yes, Pastor Bob. It's worth it. Right? The load is lighter, but you've given up control. When you're in control, man, you run into walls and dead ends. Man, you heap things on yourself and it gets exhausting. But when you're with Jesus and he's steering, it's unbelievable. And he takes that load with you on his shoulders. He's in control, but it's, it's easier. It is. Because it, it's right. It's proper. And he takes you the right way. I think of that control aspect 
And I think in John chapter 3, 4, and 5, something amazing. If just real quick, if you think about this, there are three people, and they were all yoked to something that was burdening them down and weighing them down and making them tired. You have Nicodemus, right, the religious leader, and he was burdened and wearied by religion. Man, he knew the letter of the law, but he missed the Spirit. He had no idea, and he missed the Messiah, but he had curiosity, and it was, the Holy Spirit was part of that, right? And he goes to Jesus and talks, and he discovers how to be born again, and he's blown away, and he can't even fathom that. He can't even comprehend that as a learned man, and he takes this literal interpretation of what Jesus says. Jesus says, this is all spiritual, man. Like, how are you missing that? And he was burdened down by all of that. Right? We have evidence possibly later in Scripture that he was a follower of Jesus, if you read the Gospels, right? But the thing is, you go to chapter 4 and you have somebody else who's burdened and wearied and worn out, right? By the burden and by the yoke of failing relationships. None of us have been there. And in this case, it was with a husband or... And she was on... Many of them, right? She, she had a few. And they were all failing. And, and it, there's even a bigger picture because if you're relying on people, if that's where you want, if you want to yoke with people and you want to have burdens of sin and everything else in life and all the symptoms from that sin and how they manifest in your life relieved, it won't come through people. They will not give you that satisfaction. They will not give you that security. Only Jesus, only God can do that. And you must be yoked to Him. She discovered that when Jesus revealed who he was. And then she told everybody about it. Then you have chapter 5. You have this man who was lame for 30, long, long time, most of his life probably. Couldn't do anything. And he's begging just for his existence right at the pool there. And no one's there to help him. And, he, and, and he's, he's stuck. He's in a ritual. And he's got a mindset now for sure that he's thinking after all these years. It's just this ritual. It's, it's repetitious. And it's, it goes over and over again. I'm just succumbing to it. I'm, gonna, I'm yoking to that. And I'm burdened by it. Nothing will ever change for me. And then Jesus comes and says, Do you want to be well? Like, do you, do you, are you ready for this? After, well, yeah, but I've been this way for 38 years. It's been a lot. He never said, but what a silly question. Because he had to unyoke himself from that routine, that ritual of woe is me. I'm stuck. Nothing will ever change for me. But then Jesus comes and what happens? He takes on a new yoke. Frankly, I mean, I don't mean to extrapolate, over extrapolate, but that's what happens. And he walks because he meets Jesus and his burden is lifted and he's free. He doesn't have that load of having to rely on other people the way he did and then even then couldn't get what he needed. Jesus lifts him out of that and allows him to walk and he does that for us spiritually as well because we were lame in our sins. When I'm yoked with Christ, we move together in the same direction and at the same pace. Really important. Because we give control, right? And now we're going to be going where he says, and we're side by side, he carries it, but it's also his pace. He determines the direction. He's stronger, he's bigger, and he knows more than you. But it's also about the pace. And this is really important. When you are yoked to Jesus Christ, you can't go in a different direction than Jesus. How many of you, however, have unyoked yourself? We have those occasions. 
We have evidence of that in Israel's history. We have evidence of that of those in, in the New Testament and historically in the body of Christ. We unyoke with Him. We try to do things our own way because we don't want that. And we think we, we get attracted by the, the, all the things in life. Our eyes are looking and saying, I want that. I want this. This person said that. And Jesus says, my yoke is the best. When you are yoked with Jesus Christ, you can't go any faster than Jesus goes. Did you know that? He sets the direction. He sets the pace. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All of you, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for yourselves for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, learn from me. You need to learn from him. But Jesus doesn't invite us to take his yoke, right? He invites us to learn from him. If we are going to find rest for our souls, it will be learning by learning from Jesus. Jesus, right, when you think about it, had as much reason to be restless as anyone. Think about his life on earth, right, as a human being. His life was incredibly difficult, We don't think about that sometimes. And he knew that it would end on a cross. But his soul was always at rest. Life was tough. He didn't have a place to lay down and sleep. And he even said that the Son of Man has no place to even... He had all these things... The, the opposition, the, the criticism, the, everything he experienced, it was, it was not an easy life. His life was difficult. And he wants to teach us how to have that peace that he had with God and with those around him, even though it was not easy. I am gentle and humble in heart, he said. He's not impatient. He's not weak. He's not condescending to you. In fact, he came down for you. Think about that. And now he invites you to come to him. He doesn't condescend. He doesn't come across that way. But he himself came down and humbled himself for you. And then he invites you to come into his yoke because he's gentle and he's lowly and he's humble in heart. He wants us to take his yoke and learn from him. A soul at rest, in other words, think about this, is not a mind at rest. And one of the ways to find rest for our souls is to continue learning from Jesus. Right Through Bible studies, through worship, through our daily Bible reading and devotions, we continue to learn from Jesus, don't we? Don't we? Yes, Yes, amen. Spending quiet time alone with God, putting away our electronic distractions, going out to the desert, or your place where it's quiet and you're alone, there's nothing there but you and God, or up to a mountain maybe it is, or even just into your closet. But somewhere quiet enough to listen for God's still small voice. That is what Jesus did. And we can learn from Him to do this ourselves. Because He teaches us. He already showed us how and He tells us to do that. Basically, Jesus says, anyone that intends to come to Me has to let Me lead. And you're not in the driver's seat. I am. But... But, big B-U-T, right? We get in a hurry. We're going back to that pace about learning and about direction and about speed. We get in a hurry and we try to escape from the yoke where burdens are shared by Christ and He schools us or He teaches us. We get in a hurry. I've got to have it now. 
even if I can't afford it. So we overextend practically in our lives. We buy things we can't afford, so we have to hustle to pay for them. And then time gets filled up, and all of a sudden we're running around with our heads cut off. We don't want to wait. There's no such thing as delayed gratification. Isn't that part of... Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. That's part of our journey. We have God living in us. We're part of His kingdom. We, we experience part of that now, but there's a delayed gratification as well because one day when we see Him, oh man, it's all worth it. But we want it now, right? And so we buy into teachings like you can have your best life now and you can have everything and live it now. And God's like, wait a minute. I thought heaven was the best. I, th- I thought being with me was the best, Right? We don't want to wait. We don't want to pause. We don't want to delay because we're afraid we're going to miss something. We don't want to consider and ponder. We want it now. We want instant results. And come on, I want to get there, Jesus. You're going too slow for me. We want to be assertive. That's another one. We want to be aggressive. We want to jump into things and we get our way overcommitted before we could possibly fulfill all those commitments. Am I talking to anybody today? You're also overloaded not just because of the hurry of life, but because of pride. Self is responsible for a lot more stress in your life than you want to give it credit for. We go out and think, I can handle this. I got it. And we take on another responsibility. Pride is why you try to control everything because you think you know better than everybody else. You think you know better than God and you think you're the one that is God's mouthpiece, right? Whoever you are, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take charge. I'm going to control every situation. We all have been there. I've done it. I even do it now. I have to admit, you try to do it all. You try to have it all. And you try to be it all. And you try to please everybody. This is the opposite of what Jesus wants to teach us. Verse 29 says, All of you, take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Who's setting the pace for your life right now? But it's the holidays! We're in America. We got to work hard. We got to go crazy. It's all about me and getting ahead. And it's all because we compare ourselves and determine what that even means. In the end, it means nothing. Your agenda or God's agenda? If you're setting the pace, it's no wonder you're stressed out because you're looking around at everybody else, seeing they're going fast, and you think you've got to catch up. They're burning out too. You want that? Go ahead. Why do you want to let other people set the pace in your life? Why? Who sets your pace and direction in the following areas? I don't have it on me. It's over there. Your phone. Not this. This. Your phone. Your emails, your texting, your social networking, your sports and recreation, your work schedule, your fashion, your hairstyle, your music, your TV, your movies, your house, your car, truck, your bike, your family, your boat, your time, your money, your church, whatever it is, who's setting your pace? 
Today, I want to challenge you to do this. If you're going to really come to Jesus and take His yoke upon Him and learn from Him, right? Allow yourself to say no. In fact, I'm telling you, and you know who you are, to say no. You've got to say no. Stop it already. You can't keep saying yes to everything. You only have to say yes to one person, and that's Jesus. That's it. Say no to perfectionism. You'll never get it. Learn to say, I'm only, I just chose a few because I can make a list a mile long. Learn to say no to your kids. That is forbidden in our world nowadays. I'm getting fired up. I've got to calm down. You can't say no to your kids anymore. It's a crime now. Say no to your kids. Right, Jay? He said amen. Say it all the time. No! Your kid, don't be yoked to your kid who's six years old determining your life and the direction of your family and it's all going towards a cliff for crying out loud. Financially, emotionally, and maybe even spiritually. No. No, 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 no. It's okay. No. Learn to say no. Time. I'll, I'll do another one. One more. Learn, I'll leave one here. There's many other things, but I'll leave this last one. Learn to say no to constant entertainment. Man. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. No. It's okay. No. Just say it. Run away. Stay in the yoke with Jesus. Don't yoke up with constant entertainment. Jesus, do this instead. Jesus, how do you want me to spend my time? Jesus, how do you want me to spend my money? And so on. Keep asking the questions. Ask Jesus. He's in the yoke with you, and you're supposed to learn from him. And and a student asks the teacher questions. If they don't understand what the teacher is, 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 is showing them and telling them, learn from him. Here's the question as we close. And Bob, I'm closing. Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Are you burdened by sin? Or maybe by the demands of others and not Christ? Well, let me read this to you again. Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll ask the praise team to come up. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I'm humble in heart and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is right. It is purposeful. It is beneficial. It will take you where God wants you to go. I'm going to pray, but before I pray, I had no idea we would sing that song, but my last closing scripture was just a portion from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 and then verse 31. Know today that God says this to you, that He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak, to those 
who wait on the, for those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. Are you going to keep going the way you're going? Don't get caught up in all this stuff. Christmas is coming and family and this and the world. And Stay yoked with Jesus. Serve together with Him. Take His direction. Go at His pace. And He'll lift that burden of trying to fulfill the law, which you'll never do, and then also of being burdened with what other people expect of you. You can't do it. Come to Jesus. Trust Him. Believe on Him. Give your life over to Him. Give up control to Him in that yoke. He's got one for you, and it's perfectly fitted just for you. Will you do that? I'm going to pray. The altars are going to be open. If you've got to rush out, that's fine. You're just proving that you're in a hurry. But you know what? Just come on up. Spend some time. Spend some time, even if it's two minutes, and reflect on this. Reflect on whose yoke you're in right now and why you have such a burden in your life. Because we're going to sing the, the, the song as an invitation. So Lord, God, I pray that as we sing this song, we would respond. It's just your word that we're singing. God, help us, Lord, to not rush, but help us to spend time with you, to learn with you. You don't, you don't give us instant lessons. Those are far and few between. But lessons, are, are, they take time, and, and you repeat them to us very often. So God, I pray that we would spend time with you. Lord, and as we approach this, this season, Lord, of Christmas season, God, and I pray that we would slow down. We'd be in the yoke with you, going your direction and at your speed. Help us to stay attached. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. The altars are open. We're going to sing. If you need to leave, please leave quietly. But during the song, if you want to respond. In fact, if you just want to spend time with God, go on this side. If you want prayer, go on this side. Does that make sense? Amen. to me.